Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road Roll Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined today by Kyle Dvorak, Lawrence Jackson, as we talk some of Week 10's most challenging rankings. We're going to talk Leonard Fournette getting hard to rank. DeAndre Swift, I think we're leaving unranked, right, guys? Um, that's what we talked about. Leave him outside the top 50. Uh, Michael Pittman, Josh Palmer, et cetera, et cetera. Also going to do some Monday Night Football fallout. In fact, we will begin with Monday Night Football, where it was prime time. It was Andy Dalton, and the red one is now six and twenty in prime time. Um, <laughs> the red one, the red one. That's what he likes to be called. Actually, um, this has predictably led to increased calls for Jameis Winston's return under center. Though this Dalton fiasco featured only one pick. Uh, any chance the Saints order this code red on a short week, or no chance, Lawrence? It will. Dennis Allen already said Andy Dalton still starting. He claimed it is, you know, just another bad day at the office. <laughs> Strange. He's had a lot of those. Yeah. Especially like in prime when, time, when, especially when, when everyone is watching him play football. When you start to – you're right. And you know those primetime games when one bad primetime game could mean like equals to like three in the court of public opinion. So <laughs> but when you when you string together too many, too many of those uh, bad days at the office – well, then you got to start to think about something here. But Dennis Allen, man, sticking to this guy, he is determined to finish behind the Panthers and the Falcons <laughs> in that <laughs> NFC South, despite having that opportunistic and good defense. Yeah, and like Lawrence, like you basically hinted, you got to get creative if you want to finish behind the Panthers and Falcons. And sticking <laughs> with Andy Dalton is definitely one way to do that. So, Kyle, since they're sticking with Andy Dalton, apparently for Week 10 – he is playing maybe the single worst, well, not the single, one of the single worst pass defenses in the entire NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know, is TJ Watt coming back, though, this week? I thought he was still a little bit out, but I could be wrong. Or I think his 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 window, he was activated. His 21-day window is uh, is uh, now. It's counting down. Yeah, it should be close. So he's playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kyle, one of the worst pass defenses in the entire NFL so here, as we slander Andy Dalton, are we potentially also no. still streaming Andy Dalton? No. no. All right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess it's fine to do it. Like, the offense is functional, albeit at a very low level of functioning. He's got at least one good receiver. Maybe they get Jarvis back this week. Uh, maybe they get Michael Thomas back sometime this century. 
obviously that's no he's actually out for the year yeah too no i I literally meant sometime this century (laughs) i'd love to see him in 2024 25 even would be nice michael thomas man went from leading the universe in dog levels to just never playing football again started out good too it did michael thomas has me blocked on twitter by the way you don't know why right you don't know i actually do not know why as far as i can tell i had never tweeted about him at the time of my blocking I, I think it was some Ohio State slander that got him that he somehow yeah, yeah. I'd block you for that too. Uh, <laughs> as a proud alum. Yeah, I think uh, I had some you're, you're mini not. Ohio State slander go viral and he blocked me. Well, that's that's good. Uh, you know, it's good to get something out there viral, even if it gets you blocked by the former best receiver in the NFL. I'm not streaming Dalton. I, I kind of think he's still better than Jameis. Like what we saw from Jameis early in the year was uh, he had to go back to the old Jameis. He was just throwing interceptions at a crazy rate, getting sacked at a hilarious rate, both of which were far worse than we've seen from Dalton. But it's like, I don't know, this team had the golden opportunity this offseason to reset for like a year. They just needed a year to get their books in order. They chose not to. They forced it. And now they're paying for it. They are really, really paying for it. Just hear me out then, Kyle. We're probably not streaming Andy Dalton and Lawrence, but are we starting Andy Dalton against the Steelers over Jared Goff against the Bears? No. That's easy for me. I'll go Goff all day on that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Even though the Lions are on the road and, and they get a little tricky on the road, the Bears' defense, you know, obviously they give up the 35 points to the Dolphins. The week before, they gave up 49 to the Cowboys. So it could be just another back-and-forth game as far as the Bears go. And the Lions and the Bears are both – that's both of their games right now. It's just going back and forth. Whoever has the ball last wins. I'll do one more since that was easy for both of you. I think this one will probably be easier. Jacoby Brissett at the Dolphins in a potential shootout or Andy Dalton against the Steelers. Yeah, Brissett still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not many. I'm starting. Uh, it's not many that I'll start Dalton ahead of. Like you guys, what I'm trying to tell you, is you gotta start maybe Andy Sam Ellinger or some. <laughs> what about Matthew Stafford against the Cardinals? I thought about that one. That's so funny because you've I'll, named like yeah. quarterbacks we should realistically have no interest in, and we took them over Dalton. And you name one that you would like. Your brain says, "Oh, of course, it's Matthew Stafford." I, I think maybe that's the breaking point. Stafford has just been awful. Who's I Stafford play? They're playing the Cardinals. It's been pretty matchup. feisty right. pass defense, to be honest. It's a bet like the Rams and the Cardinals is like the extension of the mid bowl, which in which <laughs> was played by the Rams and the Bucks. Oof, yeah. So when you get two mid teams that are becoming lower than mid. Yeah. One of them got to do good, right? <laughs> I think I'm taking Dalton over Stafford. I am too. That was an all-time all-time mid-bowl, by the way, Lawrence. The Bucks and Rams. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm keeping this conversation going. Final one. Russell Wilson against the Tennessee Titans or Andy Dalton against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Now we're talking. I, I think it's Andy. Russell Wilson is so bad. It hurts everything in my body. He's coming off like, a bye. Yeah, Russell I had Wilson. to go back and look at some numbers. But be because it's wild, right? Because I don't want to start. I don't want nothing to do with Andy Dalton. But I had no problem starting Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill. But I have a problem starting Andy Dalton. So something is weird right there. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Well, it's because you've watched Andy Dalton play football for the better part of a decade. 
is what I would call that problem. So Andy Dalton, even in a really, really, really good spot with the Steelers, we're still mostly off of. Elsewhere in this game, uh, the, the Ravens' backfield, we got Kenyon Drake, uh, 24 carries for 93 yards, two touchdowns against the Saints. We don't know what's going on with Gus Edwards. We do know that the Ravens are going on by. How are we expecting this Ravens' backfield to look after the bye? I actually just saw an update that uh J- John is it John yeah John Harbaugh this one's John one one of them one of them yeah. not his brother Jim uh John Harbaugh uh said that Gus Edwards should be back after the bye so in that situation you know we you expected to everybody to bump down you know Kenyon Drake will be what Justice Hill was probably a little more well do we think for sure. That- do we think Gus will immediately go back ahead of Kenyon Drake, or has maybe Kenyon Drake actually earned a shot to lead the backfield over Gus? What makes me think he'll go back is because the first game he was back, they just threw him right in there, started the game, played yep. the first two or three series. Um, I mean, Kenyon Drake ran well. He he straight up bullied the Saints defense, especially down the stretch, warmed down. But um I, I think it won't even matter who starts the, you know, it'll be close to a 50-50 split. But when you get down near the goal line, I'll, I'm going to feel like it's Gus Edwards. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. The way we saw them immediately throw Gus Edwards into the fire once he was back, I, I don't probably shouldn't have done that and, and probably shouldn't have well, probably shouldn't have even brought back J.K. Dobbins early as they did. That's the only concern is that we've seen them time and time and every single player on this team time and time again either comes back too early or just gets re-injured. Maybe there's no like medical reason they shouldn't have come back, but they have been bitten by that so many times this year that maybe they view that as like, well, we, we can't have this keep happening to us. Let's not throw Gus Edwards back in. But within a week or two of Gus Edwards being back, I can't see him not being the lead back, at least a 60-40 split. Maybe the first week back, you're more hesitant to play him. But as a long-term plan, uh, you know, without J.K. Dobbins in the lineup, at least, you expect Gus Edwards, who's been a really efficient runner, doesn't do much in the passing game, he's been a really efficient runner throughout his career, like incredibly efficient. So I, I think within a week of him being back, he'll be the lead guy again. J.K. Dobbins could actually be back this year, but it seems like not before Thanksgiving. And- Seem, yeah, especially with yeah, like how poorly him this time. Yeah, yeah, especially with how poorly it went the first time. You slow play him into the playoffs if you have to. Well, Kyle, it's so weird. You were talking about the Ravens and their approach to health where they really, really slow played it with J.K. Dobbins, and it still wasn't long enough. Then they did not slow play it with Gus Edwards or Shad Bateman or Mark Andrews, and all either got re-injured or suffered new injuries. And uh, having a tough year with the health for the Ravens. Good news, good news. They're slow playing it with Deshaun Jackson in that hand. Don't get him ready after that bye. Who could have ever seen a Deshaun Jackson hamstring injury coming? That's what I want to know. Um, he is our age, Lawrence and I's age. That's a pretty big problem if you're trying to play. That's why I kind of give him props because seeing what he's doing out there, I'm like, oh, no. My hamstring got pulled <laughs> last night just watching. <laughs> yeah, so uh, big, big same. We'll end with talking about this game. It's another kind of disappointing night in fantasy for Lamar Jackson. Just 133 yards passing, one total touchdown. He's the QB 15 by average points over the past five weeks. He somehow has not scored a rushing touchdown since week three. He's still averaging 7.4 yards per carry. Hasn't rushed for fewer than 40 yards since week one, quite frequently over that. Is there any concern here or just kind of a box score blip? 
I mean, I am concerned that they don't have, like, they won't have Bateman, right? They will get Mark Andrews back, but Bateman was like top 10 in yards per route run. He plays such a crucial role in that even when he's not getting targets, he's clearing out so much space for Mark Andrews, who's playing, at least when he was healthy, playing a true wide receiver one level role and doing it at a high level too. It wasn't just a product of circumstances. He was earning every single target he got out there. And the combination of him plus Bateman was really working out well. Then Bateman gets banged up. Now Mark Andrews hurt. Maybe the last two box scores, which essentially I know like technically Bateman and Andrews both started the second box score ago. They didn't play more than a quarter. It doesn't like count as them playing in my mind. Maybe the past two are probably low lights for Lamar. But I do think this offense is is marginally worse. One receiver who's not getting a ton of targets can only make so much impact. But I do think it's marginally worse without Rashad Bateman in the lineups. He was doing what he was asked to do really well. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely tougher without uh, Rashad Bateman and uh, Mark Andrews. He'll get him back shortly. Um, it, it was definitely not, especially as a guy who got Lamar Jackson on a lot of his teams. You wanted to see a little bit more fantasy wise. But the thing about this team and Lamar Jackson, he going to get stats as he needs to get them. The Ravens was, you know, pretty much whooping the Saints last night. They were. And what was working was King and Drake just pummeling them. Um, actually, on King and Drake's two touchdowns, Lamar actually could have pulled that out and scored himself. But why do that? Give it to yeah, the, that's true. You know, <laughs> give it to the running back. And despite that disappointing week, he was quarterback ten on the week, which just goes to show you, ain't a lot of quarterback going. Ain't a lot of good quarterbacking going on around here. You know. Um, furthermore, after the bye week. It gets a little nice for the Ravens, the Panthers, the Jaguars, the Broncos, oh, yeah. Steelers, Browns, oh, Falcons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I might be trying to pull off some trades for Lamar Jackson before your fantasy deadline. I wonder, though, if coming up because uh, Lawrence, I think you were like pretty astutely pointed out that like when you give up 13 to the Saints, uh, like the. Jawan Johnson touchdown, I think, came in the second half. It was just not a close game. At no point did it feel competitive. Bucks, they gave up 22. Browns, they gave up 20. In a loss, they only gave up 24 to the Giants. They've won four of their past five and just are not giving up points. Like, I wonder, and the teams they play coming up are Trevor Lawrence, Russell Wilson, Marks Mariota still, I think, but who knows at that point. Like, a lot of bad teams, like, you could see them just skating by with a lot of 24, 17 wins because that's like the flip side of it too. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're bad defenses. So that's nice. But I don't know if I see when's the next shootout they get. Cause like you think about, it was kind of a sloppy shootout, but the, uh, the new England game, there's a lot of turnovers in that game, but that's the type yeah. of game you want for Lamar. If Lamar drops back 40 times, he's almost guaranteed to get a hundred on the ground. He's just so efficient at running and good at choosing his spots to run, which probably go hand in hand. The, the Miami dolphins game. Was, what is this, 80 points scored in this game? Yeah. yeah. You, those wow. games are the best. Not that he can't just beat up on a mediocre Jacksonville defense. Same with Pittsburgh. But I, I don't see a single shootout coming. Well, if you guys want a flip side to the flip side, these are Lamar Jackson's past six rushing totals without a touchdown. 11 carries for 73, 12 for 58, 7 for 77, 10 for 59, 9 for 43, and 11 for 82. Like the dude is just dying to have like a Joe Mixon two or three rushing touchdown game and regress Man, to the I rushing hope. touchdown mean because, so. yeah, there's no way he's going to keep having that kind of rushing production and not getting rushing touchdowns. But the so. thing is, he has to break a long one like we saw versus Miami, the 80-yard run, because if he gets to the goal line, 
he's going, he like, it's going to be the running backs more often than not. Like that's just how they roll. They're not really like the bills where Josh Allen will sneak it in or run it short. Cause he's like, he is their big bat down there. Josh Allen has said that Lamar just, Hey, let let my running back take this hit. So it, it could get iffy. So this schedule coming up for the Ravens, as far as fantasy wise, it could be really, really good for him for fantasy or really bad because we might be seeing Gus Edwards carry the ball 25 times when they're playing the Panthers. He's got to start keeping some of these these read options, though, Lawrence. He's going to keep I some hope of them. so. He's going to keep some of them. He's going to score some. He will score. I guarantee Russell – or excuse me. I guarantee Lamar Jackson will score a rushing touchdown coming off by in week 11. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Um, he will score a rushing touchdown in week 11. We'll finally move on to running back. And, Kyle, we'll begin with you. Who are you having trouble ranking in week 10 at running back? This is probably something you could say of all of the Bucks players because they're still playing football in like a, a way that should score points. We're seeing Brady drop back crazy amount. Like in a game they won, I mean, it was a close, ugly game. Like somehow the NFL awarded a win in this game versus the Rams. It really should have gone down as two teams losing football games. He drops back or he passes 58 times, not just drop backs. And to me, that's kind of what you want from Leonard Fournette. You just want the team to pass the ball a ton, get into the red zone and then throw or hand him off and hand him off the ball at the one. The thing is the passing hasn't actually been followed by scoring points. Obviously it's been a dreadful stretch despite having at least the receivers healthy at this point, or most the ones that matter are healthy at this point, but instead they're not scoring points. And then on top of that, Rashad white continues to eat into his role last week. Saw only one fewer carry also picked up three targets Fournette still saw seven targets, but if you're not getting as much of the rushing work, and he's dreadfully inefficient when he is running the ball. You're not getting the red zone work because they're not getting in there as much as they used to. Like His role still looks good from the fact that he gets targets and he plays the red zone role, but on this offense, it's just not the same as it was last year. So I think he's still like he's still a top 24 running back, but is he like in that 19, 20, 21 range? Whereas at his peak last year, he was like a top five running back. He was getting tons of targets and, and touchdowns. That's all I care about. I don't care if he gets 30 carries. Like, just do the things you do well. He's not doing those. So, I don't know. Where do you have him ranked, Pax? I feel like he's, assuming we don't have a ton of teams on bye, we coming off a week with a lot of teams on bye, he's got to be somewhere close to 20 as opposed to like the start of the year. I probably would have put him at like eight. We do have, we do have four teams on bye. I've Are they good? still got him a little... Like higher than I would like. I have him around RB 15, 16 right now because you get into the area where the competitions like David Montgomery, Jamal Williams, James Conner, maybe Cordero Patterson, Tony Pollard, depending on what happens with Zeke, Deontay Foreman. And you want to talk about touchdown regression? I feel like the entire Bucks off. I mean, at some point, the Bucks are going <laughs> to score four or five touchdowns in a game, right? I mean, they have to? Question mark? I don't know. I gambled on that last week and we but didn't get there. Th- yeah, Leonard Fournette has been under 10 carries three straight games. He hasn't rushed for more than 65 yards since week one. Uh, he won the touch battle against Rashad White last week, 14-11, uh, but he only outsnapped him 52-40. to And with Fournette, I'm just kind of betting, like, this Bucks offense is going to have a two or three, four touchdown game. I still expect him to always score one of those if that kind of game happens. Um, but, yeah, it's more still just – it's not like a positive Leonard Fournette ranking I really have. It's more just like I dislike the questions behind him even more. I think you named some guys behind him I would take ahead of him. CPAT was one of them. James yeah. Conner was one of them. 
I might have to get Fournette down. I haven't done my running backs deep dive yet. I might mm-hmm. have to get him down more like the 18 to 20 range. Any yeah, Fournette thoughts, at, Lawrence? I, I got him at 15 too right now. And it's, I'm hearing you talk, Pat, and I hear you say he out-touched uh, Rashad White. The fact that you even said that is just wild. You know, in, in the beginning of the season, it was cool that he wasn't running for those over 65 yards a game because he was getting that through the air, getting ridiculous volume in the passing game. I'm talking about having games of where he has receptions, uh, seven receptions, 11 receptions. That's not happening no more because it's becoming closer to a split. So now when we have to rank Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, that gap has narrowed because it's like it's like we could feel Rashad White just kind of like how we feel about Khalil Herbert. Like he's inching closer to just being that dude. And if the Bucks offense isn't being successful, then what reason do you have to not uh, put Rashad White in there. So that's what makes it uh, makes it hard. Yeah, I literally wrote that almost exact phrase in my Sunday Aftermath column. The gap is closing. And he, thankfully for Leonard Fournette, Rashad White is like not jumping through it yet. He's not coming through the door. Leonard has left a jar, but he yeah. is leaving the door open. Um, and he seems to really, really want Rashad White to come through it. And, you know, they're playing the Seattle Seahawks. Something They're playing, they're playing them in Germany. Like something weird is going to happen in this game. Uh, so I think this might be a really telling game for how the Bucks' offense is going to look down the stretch. And a, a, a total coaching staff commitment to Rashad White is in the cards, which is another reason or maybe we should kind of get him down in the ranks. But Yeah, producer Adam says that uh, the Athletics' Greg Allman, really good reporter for the Bucks, by the way, says uh, the momentum will likely be, be with Rashad White at the end of the season. And like – as, as as you said, Pat, like, yes, he hasn't done the thing where, like, Tony Pollard, every single touch, you're like, how do we not get Zeke in there? Or how do we not get Zeke out of there? But it's becoming clear that at least the answer is not Fournette. You know, Rashad White, like yeah. you said, hasn't made it clear that he has to be on the field. Fournette has almost made it clear he has to be off the field. So I do think we could be looking at, like, oh, well, Fournette gets his two-score game in a week or two, but then as the fantasy playoffs come around, you start him the first week and get bounced because that's the week Rashad White flips the flips the cards, right? Becomes the 15-touch guy. And my galaxy brain boomer comment is that I definitely think it's coming, but I also think they probably won't do it this week since they're literally having to go to Germany. <laughs> Might not be a good week to like make a totally take a totally different offensive approach, but I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a long flight. They're going to have a lot of time to think on that flight, Todd Bowles. And maybe when he lands, he's like, yep, uh, it's Rashad White time here in Munich, Germany. But we'll see. The clock is ticking, Lenny. Uh, you got to do something. Lawrence, who are you having trouble ranking this week at running back? Uh, Jeff Wilson, man. And you would kind of put the two Miami running backs together, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. And this is something, honestly, that I could have – I saw it coming Um Raheem Mostert was never about to be some bell cow running back. Um, good move on from a football standpoint to pick up Jeff Wilson to give him more of a in between the tackles runner. But um, Jeff Wilson, the first game he hit the ground running. Why? Because he already knew the coach, he knew the offense, he knew the scheme, and he fits it well. That show already uh, twelve touches, seventy two total yards, and a receiving touchdown. Actually, out touch. Raheem Mostert, 12 to 9, although in targets, Wilson had three, Mostert had two, but Mostert wasn't able to bring any of his in. So that tells me what it should tell us is that this is pretty much a 
a, a solid little committee. And quite frankly, it could play out in a way that we could view both of these players as like kind of flex plays for each week. Raheem Mostert had his, you know, few weeks of being an RB2. Now you got Wilson there. But uh, my main thing is I don't know which one to rank ahead because either one could score the touchdown. Either one could because they'll play the same role, even though they different types of players. So um, right now, you know, I have uh, Raheem Mostert at 27 and Jeff Wilson at 29. They're probably better than that, but they're that low because they'll they'll cancel each other out. One of them will be better than that, and one of them will be far worse. Yeah, something season. like that. I have no yeah, clue which, right, which right. They split the snaps almost exactly 50-50 last week. It was hilarious. It was the first time the backup running back had seen more than more than like seven carries since week one, and it was instantly. They did the thing that Pat said. It's like, he's just a running back. Just get him in there and let him play football. <laughs> See? In, the, in this case, he literally was just joining the same coaching staff in a different location, the same running scheme in a different location. Yeah. So it's a lot easier than McCaffrey joining the yes. 49ers uh, I mean I have to imagine it's like the easiest thing as well, yeah, far as Kyle easy. Denny on, on Monday's podcast we read a quote from Jeff Wilson where he really laid it on thick about how it was the exact same system like, okay no cool. yeah, I didn't want to make his job sound easy but as far as transitions go uh you know Spider-Man meme pointing you know yeah. Spider-Man meme pointing that JPEG like I, I, <laughs> I, I I think it was uh it almost surprised me how easy it was for him but you you talked about it uh yeah, man, this is going to be a difficult backfield to rank because it's just like we hope that one of these guys on probably a dozen touches gets there in an efficient manner, and they should because the offense is humming. It's a good running scheme, and they're both good running backs, but one of them's going to break a long touchdown, and one of them's going to turn 12 touches into 50 yards with one yeah. catch, and that's like the worst possible day, and the other one's going to have a good day. Yeah, you guys both made really good points. Lawrence kind of going down this road with Raheem Mostert. Like he basically needed to be in a committee where yeah. I'm sure it was never the plan to make him like a 15 to 20 touch player. And kind of like Cordero Patterson last year, you could almost see him wearing down in real time under those heavier workloads or his efficiency was decreasing. He just clearly needed a backfield mate. And so it made all the sense in the world from that, and from that perspective. And also why it should not change going forward. And yeah, I don't, I have most are ranked higher right now, but I have them both ranked as like mid range RB threes, um, I don't think I'll get either of them will be in the top 30 for me. And it's just real, real, real hard, especially with only one game of data to kind of know like who we should be like leaning toward. I mean, maybe you lean toward Raheem Mostert just because he's been there all year. He has had some big games. Um, he, he does have like the bigger playability in theory still. Uh, so I'll probably keep Mostert ahead of Jeff Wilson for this week, but definitely a situation where I feel like we needed to be in, in data collection mode. Situation where we are in data collection mode and not liking the data is DeAndre Swift, who outtouched Justin Jackson only five to four on on Sunday. Played yeah. I think like ten to twelve snaps. Ten on the dot, I think. They did say Dan Campbell did come out and say so. Dan Campbell, who basically came out and said last week we're going to snap count DeAndre Swift, came out and said this week that he he needs a bigger role. And I, I did think he looked healthier in Week Nine than he did in Week Eight. But we know Jamal Williams is going to probably double him up in touches at least still. We have no idea what the usage will actually be. We have no idea if he'll get hurt again. And we have no idea where to rank DeAndre Swift. Uh, I'm assuming neither of you have him in the top 24, correct? No, not even close. Okay, good. 
And uh, the dude just gotta, he gotta get healthy, I guess, man. Uh, and he, and even when he is, there's still Jamal Williams there. So it, it's tough. The re, the main reason it's tough to rank DeAndre Swift because we know what. Imagine him getting twenty touches in a game. Well, yeah, Lawrence on five touches. He got he got fifty yards on five touches. Yeah, you know, so he do probably score three touchdowns with. 20 carries or something um but that's that's really what it is we have to we have to have him get healthy like I, I got a team right now the past two weeks I keep starting both of them and just hoping that one of them <laughs> gonna score but knowing it's going to be Jamal Williams who score and that's pretty much why he started um in that spot man so it is it, it's tough man and I know for a lot of fantasy managers out there is frustrating because you took this dude on the second round rap in some I think cases some people took him in the first, first round. yeah yeah exactly. some, <laughs> some cases in the first so like you tight right now like you ain't happy mm-hmm. but it is what it is i've got him as the rb 30 right now i just i feel like you can't really get him i you still have to start i think if you have deandre swift you have to still start him no matter what do you i really I think know. you do I mean, we saw he looked a lot healthier to me, I'll say, in week nine. And apparently to Dan Campbell, who's finally saying we got to get him more involved. And there's such crazy, crazy upside for DeAndre Swift. But yeah, Jamal. I mean, Williams. if you have him as the RB30, like plenty of people have him and two other running backs ranked 29 through one. Yeah, like, it's true. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, by the way, you guys you want to hear a really, really, really pointless stat. Oh, I love Super it. Yes. Pointless. Jamal Williams. Has yet to have a one touchdown game. He has eight touchdowns. He's had four two touchdown games and has yet to have a I one like touchdown. This. I like this. I like this. I know. So uh, not not a normal all season. or nothing. Yeah, not a normal season for Jamal, who had faced one of the worst run defenses in the NFL in the Packers and had twenty four scoreless carries for eighty one yards. Even though he got a carry from the one yard line, I believe after DeAndre Swift set them up at the one, not tilted at all. Oh, that that play where DeAndre Swift caught the ball went to the one was brutal because you was, knew he wasn't getting it after. No, that. no, you, you knew know. he wasn't getting it after no. that. You knew that the first thing he I don't think he like he had to look up. He just started running off the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't have to wait for the coach to be <laughs> like, like, "All right, that's my package, that's my new package." package. Yeah. He did not look for the sub sign. Yeah, he just ran to the side. <laughs> he line. sees the thick white line of the goal line. He's like, "I know what that is," and walks <laughs> off the field. He knows he's not allowed. It's the forbidden fruit. He's not allowed to touch it. Um, <laughs> So we'll be right back after this. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, 
They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chargers and 49ers in our Sunday Night 7 contest. And don't forget, download the Rotorold app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. All three of us are heavy contributors to the Rotorold app with our blurbs. Um, check it out. Really, really good app. Uh, really, really good position. Used to be wide receiver, guys. Um, it's not nearly as deep this year. Lawrence, who are you having trouble ranking at receiver this week? Michael Pittman because Sam Ellinger is the starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. Jeff Saturday, you know, the the coach who got as much NFL coaching experience as I do, you know, he actually came out and said that Sam Ellinger is still going to be the quarterback. And that's affecting Michael Pittman, a guy who we expected to have a breakout season. Even before that, you know, he's only got one one 100 yard game this season. Um, It just hasn't been going. Well, it had he's got uh, 76 receiving yards. In the two games uh, in which Sam Ellinger started, so um, I, I don't know who they play uh, here in Week Ten, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. Who they're playing. They're, they have right. Jeff it, 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 it don't coach. matter who they playing because somebody had to throw him the ball. And me and Kyle was talking about this yesterday. Even Paris Campbell was starting to kick up his production uh, right before they gave uh, my guy Matt Ryan the old boot. But, uh, you know, I, I got nothing against trying to get a young quarterback going. You know, you can't count these young dudes out too early. But from a fantasy perspective, if he is starting, I am worried about Michael Pittman. But then it's like, oh, he's still the number one receiver on that team. So you can't just be totally disrespectful when it comes to the ranking at the same time. Lawrence, I'm going to fact check you. You said he had 76 yards over his past two games. It's 75. Um, See, I was giving them more credit. (laughs) Giving them more credit. We call that the Lawrence bump. You get one more yard if we like you. Only one. Trying to hype them up while hyping them down. Been so bleak. Ten catches for seventy-five yards, and yeah, they're they're playing the Raiders. By the way, a team Jeff Saturday tweeted on August on October thirtieth. Our quote: horrible. (laughs) He he better win this game. I know. You better win. They're probably not going to win this game. Going to lose to the team, he said it was horrible. Adam points out the Raiders are six point favorites. Lawrence laid it out really well on Michael Pittman. Kyle, I mean, do we have anything to add to the sad scene there? No, I mean, he pointed out well that like he's very clearly still the wide receiver one of this team. Past two games, 29% target share, 28% air yard share, a third of the team's three red zone targets. So I mean, we chase the players that get a lot of volume, but you, Lawrence points out, you really do have to dock the volume when it or originates at the hands of Sam Ellinger. So I'll probably still have him ranked as like a top 15, 16 type of guy. Ooh. Not so sure about that. 27. Yeah, I've 27. Got a, I've got a wide receiver 33 right now, to be honest. Oh, I, I mean, 
That's like really low. That's when I do like the deep dive. This was just for my initial scan on Tuesday morning. But I mean, here's who I have just ahead of him. I've got Rondale Moore, which I don't know, I might need to change that. This Brandon, is disrespectful. Hold on, hold on, hold on, respect. Hold on, hold on. Rondell Moore, Brandon Cooks, which uh, George Pickens, Devontae Smith. What is this? Jerry G- I mean, have he, you seen? Have you seen what, him? What Pat is doing is ranking him according to his production with Sam Ellegrad quarterback. Because in those two starts, he's been wide receiver 37. I'm giving him 27, so I, I don't hook them up with an extra yard in the past two games, and I'm also ranking a wide receiver 27 at the same time. Uh, how you rank George Pickens ahead of him? How many yards do you think George Pickens had the last time we saw him play? He had zero. That's beside the point, though. <laughs> the oh, point. I can't look. I have George Pickens at no. That's the, actually Deontay Johnson. I have at 28. George Pickens. I do have him a little lower. Pickens, this is kind of a vibes-based ranking, Kyle, where... Hey, look, uh, my Twitter bio says vibes-based content. Well, (laughs) ESPN's (laughs) Jeremy Fowler report, who's very plugged into the Steelers, used to be a Steelers beat reporter. Oh, did he really? I don't know. He reported that after the bye, a.k.a. this week, they're planning to get George Pickens more involved. Um, They're basically changing the direction of the offense. More George Pickens, more more Jalen Warren. I agree, wide receiver 33... Could be kind of drastic for Michael Pittman. When I sit down and go through it player by player, I might end up getting him more in like the 24 to 28 range. But it's just so hard to see the upside of Sam. You know, like who's going to spark this guy? Too? They just fired the offensive coordinator. They just fired the coach. Like they have a guy literally coming in from ESPN who's like just frantic, like going to have like the craziest coaching week of all time probably. Is he really going to have much time to be devising a game plan to get the ball to Michael Pittman more? The Madden plays. Yeah, it, yeah. seriously. NFL blitz plays. Um, <laughs> Zoomers will never Maybe he get one. Maybe he get like a – listen, it's nothing that one long bomb touchdown won't, you know, won't fix. It's true. We get that. Anybody capable of that, you know. So if he get one of those and he now gets 75 yards on one catch, it's all good. If it's a touchdown – you know? Yeah, now we're, we're call NFL Blitz play Da Bomb to uh, Michael Pittman. <laughs> is this the a real re- reference? Have you made a real reference? The real heads will remember. They called Da Bomb probably every third or fourth play on Blitz. Uh, so, Kyle, who are you having trouble ranking this week? I'm on Ross St. Brown. I, I still feel confident. Uh, the vibes uh, the vibes aren't great, but the math would say that uh, you should probably still rank him as like a top 12 option. As John Daigle, not sure who this up-and-coming writer John Daigle is, points out on Twitter, in his four uh-huh. full games this year, 12 targets, 10 targets, 12 targets, 9 targets, target shares north of 32% in three of four games. He looks like an elite alpha as always. It's just been a hot minute since we've had a real ceiling game from him. No touchdowns since week two. Peaked at 73 yards in week three. I mean, I, I don't know if we've had more than, I think, uh, eyeballing it, 15 PPR, full PPR points from him since week two. But the volume's been there, and the offense has been fine, too. It's not like this Jared Goff thing is... Yeah, I would maybe say the offense has not been fine. 27 points two weeks ago, and I think the offense... They, I mean, they didn't put up many points last week, but it's because they played a team that totaled nine points. They just ran the ball, like... To me, that was a product of the situation when they had Jared Goff attempt 26 passes and they ran the ball over 30 times, I believe. Yeah, they ran the ball almost exactly 30, taking out a Goff kneel down. 
I think in a game where the Packers push them a little bit, they at least have an okay game. Goff also threw two scores on 26 attempts. Monroe didn't catch any of them, which didn't feel great, but I, I think the offense isn't completely coming apart. They're probably not as good as they were in the first three weeks, but they're probably not a 15-point offense like they were last week. They put up 20-some-odd points the week before that. So the offense is fine. It's not holding him back. It's not the issue with the yeah, I, and The volume isn't the issue. So I think like just randomness is probably the issue. Yeah, I agree. The offense is not holding back Amon Ra. And he totally dominated target share, totally dominated the air yards against the Packers. And I don't think it's a great offense, but I do think it's like kind of like an opponent dependent offense where they got dragged down the mud by the Packers. Then you have 27 points against the Dolphins, 45 points against the Seahawks a month ago. And shut out by the Patriots, six points <laughs> against the Cowboys. Like not the kind of offense that's going to go off against good defenses. But the Bears are kind of turning into like a shootout machine type of defense. Uh, it could be a good overall week for the Lions' offense, and it, I, the usage has remained really, really good with Amon Ra. I really yeah. You pointed it. out dominated air yards. I, I've checked like three different sites because this does not seem like it can be right. 84% of the air yards last yes. week. I keep checking that, looking for different sources. Maybe, you know, everyone's pulling their data from a bad source, but I think it's because they just dumped it off every single play other than Amon Ra. Anytime they were throwing to someone else, it was just a complete give up, whereas Amon Ra is a guy who can move the chains. So his 81 air yards somehow is worth 84%. They so threw to you three different not- tight ends. Uh, Brock Wright, James Mitchell, and a, a fake Zilstra. Zilstra. Not even the real Zilstra. The it's like his, yeah, it was his brother. Yeah, still in touchdowns, that guy. I know, man. Yeah, how can we're getting the bootleg Zilstra scoring a touchdown, but not DeAndre Swift? Um, <laughs> just no justice whatsoever in this world. Any thoughts on Amonra Lawrence? Or do I need to go into who I don't know? Uh, yeah, no, nah, same deal. I kind of feel the same way. After the first two weeks, I was ready to have him in my top ten every week. Got hurt, things changed. We knew the lines weren't going to be that consistent with the offense. So, but we still know he getting the usage, the usage and the targets. Uh, speaking of the usage and the targets, we got Josh Palmer on the Los Angeles Chargers, and it's kind of unclear if Josh Palmer is actually good, but it's abundantly clear that he has 17 catches for 163 yards on 22 targets over his past two games, and Mike Williams is still out. Keenan Allen is in the Michael Thomas like purgatory zone. We just yeah. have no idea what's going on with his health. We know that Justin Herbert is nowhere else to basically funnel these looks. I've got where do you think I have Josh Palmer ranked, you guys, right now, off the top of your heads? I'm assuming you don't have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams in. No, I don't. I Obviously don't. not Mike, well, well, but yeah, Mike also Williams. does not feel like Keenan Allen either. Yeah, right? I do not have Keenan ranked yet. I mean, it's it's early in the week. Keenan could start practicing. I currently do not have Keenan Allen ranked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's safe to rank him as out for now, at least, if not like another week. Uh, 22, 23. 22. Oh, oh, I was going to say, I felt like the way you had that intro set up, that you were going to have him at like 15 or something. Wide receiver eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, I have his wide receiver 22. Does that strike you guys as fair, having Josh Palmer in the top 24 yeah. right now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got him at 20. Okay, wow. Yeah, um, yeah I've got him behind Alan Lazard and Christian Kirk. Do I need to change that? I think you could argue him over Kirk. Lazard is fine. Lazard's been like a solid receiver in terms of efficiency and a good receiver in terms of volume. So I, I think Lazard is safe to put ahead of him. Uh, you could swing me on taking Palmer over Kirk, though. Sounds like we're not having problems ranking Joshua Palmer then. 
No, you got him. I think you did a good job. Good yeah, job. The, the, the problem lies within does Keenan Allen come back this week? We know Mike Williams is not. Um, so it is pretty much that. They'll have a tough, they'll have a tougher defense this week than which they faced uh last week in the Falcons. So that'll be interesting too, especially for Herbert. I think even if he comes back, Keenan Allen, will Josh Palmer still be in the top 30? Probably not. Yeah, he, he I should. Think that's I would say fair, so. Yeah. Because you rank Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both in there too. So Keenan, if he comes back, I bet I'll have him like wide receiver 40 or something. Yeah, dude, you cannot be playing Keenan Allen in his first game back. He's no. getting six snaps. I have to. I thought you were no. going to say six snaps, Kyle, and that made even more sense than snaps. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's old now. He's got to take naps on the sideline. Speaking of the guy delivering the ball, Justin Herbert, he's just the QB9 by average points on the season. He has seven touchdowns in six games since he injured his ribs in week two. 6.4 yards per attempt, under six yards per attempt in three straight games. I mean, we're keeping him in the QB1 ranks, I'm assuming, but, uh, man, we need some production or something, don't we? I mean, Kyle, you, you look like you're racist. Is, he's in the, is he still in your top ten, Justin Herbert? Uh, probably not. Uh, you said we have a few teams on by. I already know a lot of the good quarterbacks have gotten past their by. I think you said Lamar is on by this week, but Lamar a lot of the other on ones are still out week. there. I mean, like he it's it's easy to sort of think of him as fancy Tom Brady or fan. I think fancy Tom Brady is a good one because they're still passing the ball a ton. He doesn't look terrible, but for him, to me, the biggest problem is that just he has no option to move the chains. Like, as you pointed out, less than six yards per attempt and back to back to back games. And largely, it's just a product of having no one who can make big plays on this team. And they're not getting them back this week. And when they get Keenan Allen back, I'm not sure they're getting that player back in the end anyways. So where are my big plays coming from? He, he needs like 50 attempts to get to 300 yards. Speaking of 300 yards. He's done that once in the past <laughs> six games. He, Justin Herbert is gun shy right now. I watched him extensively. He is not throwing. This is why, you know, in the, in the preseason, a lot of people talked about Tua's arm strength. That really, that should be the least of your worries at the quarterback position. Because what good is it if you ain't even going to use it? Justin Herbert's thrown three touchdown passes and three interceptions in the past three games. Over the past five weeks, he's quarterback 20. That's five <laughs> weeks of football. You know who's number one at quarterback in the past five weeks? Please say who I think it is. Oh, you, who do you think it know. is? Yeah, Tell us, Lawrence. Justin Fields. I was praying it was Justin Fields. Uh, I knew Justin it had to be Fields. Justin Fields. It's, uh, it's, and, and like Kyle said, the thing about it is he's throwing the ball a ton. Past few games, 43 attempts, 51 attempts, 57 attempts. They're going to throw the ball. That's what they do. Even But but a lot of it's like dink and dunk, Austin Eckler. Um, Kyle, like Kyle said, the weapons aren't there. I got him at quarterback 10 right now just because, you know, it, it's Herbert. Like I, I, I don't got the guts. Just for the vibes. Just for the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pat, who do you have ranked around him? Well, okay, I was going to do my classic game with you guys. Yeah, do it. Um, Justin Herbert at the San Francisco 49ers or Dak Prescott at the Green Bay Packers? Uh, Herbert. Exactly. I'm going Dak. See, it's it, it's a debate, but 
See, that you're about to see why I still have Herbert in the top 10. Um, Justin Herbert at the 49ers or Geno Smith in Germany. Gina. Really? Yep. That's too easy for me. I mean, hold on. Hold on. Geno, <laughs> he's cleared, I think, 212 yards one time in his past five games. And they required this like 50 yard Noah Fant catch for the Arizona Cardinals to decide. Throwing more to touchdowns than this. Yeah. Game. He is throwing more. T- Gino will get you two touchdowns every week. He will not get you one. He will not get you. And that's all we ask. That's all we ask. That's all we're asking. Like Justin he's got two Herbert touchdowns. giving us one. Yeah, man. He's given us two touchdowns in all but two games. He does have one three, but you're right. It's almost all two. Yeah, that's, that's more than we're getting from Herbert. So, um, Justin Herbert or Tom Brady in Germany against the Seahawks. I think it's like, I, I agree with you at some point uh, we have to get a Brady three score game. He's throwing the ball too much to not do it, uh, but you can say the same with Herbert and yeah. the exact same thing. That's why I said he's a good comp for it. Um, I'm going to go Brady. Like I, I don't see how Herbert fixes his fantasy struggles while Josh Palmer and Austin Eckler are his top targets. I do think in the long run, throwing 50 times a game, half of which go to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, that has to be a better setup. Even if you could say his line is worse and he is probably physically a lesser quarterback than Herbert is, it's just such a cap ceiling when Josh Palmer and, and you know Michael Bandy and DeAndre Carter are <laughs> Xander your top Horvath. Yeah. <laughs> So I think I go Brady, but like they're so similar. The arguments for them are so similar. Final one, Justin Herbert this week against the San Francisco 49ers and Santa Clara or Kirk Cousins in Buffalo against the forbidding Bills. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I think Kirk. I Cousins. Yeah, I think it's Kirk. It, obviously, oh, it's like man. a horrific matchup from a, a defensive perspective. And I guess it also depends if Josh Allen plays. Say if Josh Allen doesn't play, it actually probably won't be a question. We'll probably have to have Herbert ahead. I'll take Cousins with Josh Allen. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Josh Allen, it's kind of good for his offense. Yeah, you want the game to at least look high-paced. Because the Bills will just hold you to 10 and also only score 15 if if Case Keenum is under center. (laughs) Kyle, what will the total be for this game if Case Keenum is the starter? Like 42 and a half? At like 48 right now, and I think it's going to drop like four. I think it already dropped a point or two, but uh, Owen, producer Adam says weather is supposedly bad this week. Rain, cold, could be snow. It like that mm. that could put it to like snow forties, forty one, forty two, if it's confirmed case Keenum. Let me yeah, as, as Adam said, open at forty eight and a half, drop to forty six, like I said. And that's just with speculation that Allen might not play. We have no confirmation that's what it is. And this weather concern, I do think we'd see it hover at like forty one, forty two. I just put Justin Herbert back at quarterback nine. Because of that report from Adam, I'm not messing with no Kirk Cousins in the weather. I'm not messing with Kirk Cousins in the weather. No, sir. I, I could trust them coming back against the Lions and the Commanders. No weather versus the Bills. Nah. Man, snow on November 13th, man. I still, I don't know what the world's coming to. Man, I know it's Buffalo, but come on. Uh, we're going to stick quarterback real quick. Trevor Lawrence, who every week – I want to rank like QB 22 and then I actually sit down and go through the numbers and have to keep ranking like much, much higher than that. in the QB two rankings, like he has not been a high end QB two based on his real life play, but he, he kind of keeps getting home with like 40 yards, rushing a rushing score every other week. He has not had multiple passing scores in a game since week four, but so is Trevor Lawrence to you guys still in like the QB 14, 15, 16 range? Yeah, for, for me, yeah. Uh, because 
he has to be there right now, especially uh with the buys. Uh for the season he's quarterback nine. That's overall, not points per game. Let me just put that out there. Uh the past three weeks he's been right outside the quarterback one range. So that's pretty much uh where I'll have him ranked this week. Nothing too crazy, but like you said, Pat. What's keeping them, you know, what's keeping them afloat is, you know, scrounging out them rushing yards, getting a rushing touchdown here or there. And it all counts for fantasy. He actually started off against the Raiders pretty bad. Real bad. Turned it right. He turned it out to a solid day with, with the rushing effort. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, it almost seemed like kind of like a circling the wagons. Mama was like, all right, I cannot be this bad. Like, I've <laughs> got to be better than this. And because, like, the na- I, you could almost feel the narrative fully turning against him in real time as he came out horrible against the Raiders and then like calmed down by the end of the game. I'm like, all right, we're not calling Trevor Lawrence a bust yet. Just yet. <laughs> um, he played just well enough. Uh, I'm going to end the show talking about tight end. I don't know why. And the guy told you guys I want to talk. I don't know why. Why are we talking about K Dotton? We're talking about K Dotton. Uh, unless you guys, do you, do you have any other tight ends you want to talk about? <laughs> No, no one wants to talk about tight ends at this point in the season. I don't talk about tight ends no more, especially <laughs> when my favorite one gets 200. Like, I, I don't like this air yard stuff, but I only pay attention to it when it has to do with my guys. And since Kyle Pitts had 200 yards of them, I want to talk about tight ends. <laughs> Lawrence, did you see the did you see the overthrow? One hundred percent. So I don't know if you saw multiple angles of it. I need a <laughs> on the deep one. On the deep one, I need a, a film take of was that entirely Marcus Mariota's fault? Because I think on the broadcast, this makes sense to some degree. He probably could have adjusted to it. The hang time on that ball is long, but ideally, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, but that there was, was the one two was other ones. Yeah, the fifty air yarder that would have been a seventy yard touchdown. He probably could have adjusted to it, but also I thought the job of the quarterback was to put it like where he's going to be and let him catch it and run with it as opposed to like solve this problem in the next two seconds. Yeah. You're not supposed to pass a geometry test. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like trig to figure out where it's coming down at. Like maybe just hit him in stride if you could, please. Kate Otten doesn't have to pass any geometry tests because his quarterback is Tom Brady. Yeah, his quarterback, just old school algebra, just rifle it in there, um, get him a touchdown. And is Kate Otten, is he in the tight end one mix? Like, he, here's the, the companies keeping like Taysom Hill, Evan Ingram, Kyle Pitts, Greg Dulcich, Dawson Knox, Bob Tunyon, uh, maybe Foster Moreau. Uh, I don't know. Every I kind of think he is. I mean, tight end one mix. Yeah, a, over eighty percent snap share in each of his in four of his past five games. It's got five, five, six targets in his past three games. Scored last week, obviously. They should pass a lot. So, I mean, they have been passing a lot. They've been passing a ton. So he doesn't even have to. He doesn't have to be a product of the offense getting better because tight end is so bad. Even if he doesn't score, like. Six for sixty is probably enough to make him a tight end one. That I think I think Isaiah likely was a tight end one and caught one pass. So it was a touchdown, obviously. But wow. Uh, so Kate Otten going five for fifty, six for sixty, something like that, and uh, the touchdown is a cherry on top. Like will easily make him a tight end one. I'll have him ranked there. Yeah, yeah. I, right now, to some of the tight end fourteen, doing the deep dive later this afternoon, I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly I had him like tight end eleven, tight end twelve. Man, it is really bunched to get. Is Taysom Hill still a tight end one, by the way? 
I don't think so. I think it was kind of uh, a fool's errand to rank. I mean, we had some bad weeks at tight. They're all bad weeks, but we did have we some say this, worse ones. We say this, and then he'll get two touchdowns in week 10. I know. And, and then it, we'll go through this. Then we'll rank them top six next week. So are your rankings median nothing. or mean projections? Because if they're the mean over an 18-game <laughs> sample, he's going to have three games that makes him a tight end one. If they're the median, he's a tight end like 24. I was going to say he's tight end 22 if we're going median. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but All right, well, mine's is the opposite. I got him at 11 right now. I have him as tight end 10 right now. I, I've been keeping him in the top six for a while. Um, this is the first week I'm kind of adjusting down. You know, I have back in the top five this week is David Njoku, who says he's playing, and we're hoping for a shootout in the Miami Dolphins. So I love Njoku. I'm, I'm, I fully support you ranking him. Lawrence, Lawrence, you don't, you, you hate Njoku, right? Oh yeah, so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, the biggest Njoku. Hey, player. listen, the, those first two weeks, I was go doing the Homer Simpson bat pedal into the bushes, <laughs> but after that, it's been all good ever since, man. So hopefully, he does come back. Um, in fact, even though I did like him preseason, I might have actually underrated him saying he was going to be top eight. He's become better than that when he's playing. So we'll see how that go. Now, I've got him as the tight end five on my initial view. That might be too high once I sit down and kind of go through more stringently through the data. But got him as the tight end five right now. So I got us as done with this show. It's over. Um yeah, I got, got that too, actually. It's, we ranked us as done with the show the same. We are ranked as done with the show. Kyle's ranked as having his, his 32 facts out. Lawrence has stock up, stock down. He's going to have his flex finder. My early rankings are already on the site. Your guys' rankings will be on the site Thursday. Anything else, Lawrence? No, that could that covers it, my man. Kyle? Uh, tune in to the Thursday Live stream, me and Lawrence previewing whatever dreadful game they've decided to throw at us this time. Oh, we dude. Got, we got Falcons Panthers Thursday, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Oh, this my is like God. first Another big Thursday. day for Deontay Foreman coming up. The last up. time we saw these two teams, it was good. I'm sure we'll never get blessed with that type of game on Thursday, no. but. No, no. This is a first ballot Thursday Hall of Fame matchup. <laughs> like, it is insane. Oh, my God. Jeff Bezos is just wanting to go live in space permanently. That This is what he has on our Amazon Prime. Thursday night, um, but we are not wanting to do that. We're wanting to stay here at Road to World and keep making amazing content for you. For Lawrence, for Kyle, I'm Pat. We'll be back later this week. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.